27 years ago, 1984, January 1st was on a Sunday as well. Now, the reason I know that is because I looked it up last night because 10,192 days ago was February 5th of 1984, and that was a Sunday also. It was the sixth week of that year. Well, why is that important to me? Because that was the day that I gave my heart to the Lord. I came forward in church at Calvary Assembly of God, and I walked forward down the aisle, and I surrendered myself to God because God had made himself real to me. You know, I was doing my own thing. I was fine. I was comfortable in the life I was living, a uh, life of sin, life of, of selfishness, pride, all those things. But I was okay with it. I wasn't miserable. I wasn't at the bottom of the barrel. I wasn't looking for God. But my parents were attending an Assembly of God church where the Spirit of God moved. There would be tongues, interpretation of tongues, prophecy. And the Spirit of God would speak through these people I didn't even know and talk directly into my life in a way that I couldn't deny. I was like, oh, wow, God is real. I knew about God growing up because I grew up in the Catholic Church and Bibles were around and people talked about God and I heard sermons about God and stuff, but he wasn't real to me. But then when he spoke to me, to my spirit, to my mind, to my heart, through these other individuals, through tongues, interpretation, tongues, and prophecy, I was like, wow, he's got my number. <laughs> he knows who I am. I resisted for a while. But on February 5th, 1984, I thought, man, I just can't resist anymore. I might as well surrender to him because he's real. And he messed me up. <laughs> what do you do when you find out that God's real? But what do you do when you find out there is a living God and he wants to have a relationship with you? And you look at the glory of God. You look at the holiness of God. You look at the power of God. You look at the, the splendor of God. We sang about it today. You know, he sets the stars and the moon, the sun, all the universe that's out there, the, the various galaxies. and I mean, there's just multiple planets, all the things he holds together, the smallest little atom and the, the neutrons and the electrons and all the things he's holding together. And you think, he wants to have a relationship with me? You got the wrong guy, God. <laughs> you can do better than that. Any of you ever thought that? You can call somebody else. Call me. Choose me. Want to fellowship with, not only fellowship with me, but live inside of me. You can find a better tent to live in, God. There's healthier people out there. There's better looking people. Well, maybe not better looking than me. But, um, if there's better looking people out there. <laughs> They're stronger, smarter, and then we, we look at Romans chapter 3, verse 19, and, and I thank God for what happened 10,192 days ago. And, and after this 27 years, <laughs> I have finally come to a point these last few weeks where I finally kind of understand the gospel. I finally kind of understand. I have a grasp a little bit on it. Now, I think I can start proclaiming it. Finally believe I'm ready to start preaching the gospel, start teaching the gospel, start walking in the gospel, because I finally kind of understand it. I finally got a grasp on it. It's simple. <laughs> it's not complicated. And I've been going to church, and I listen to all the voices out there, and some of them make it complicated. <laughs> and there's different things. They say different things and different ones, and there's different theologies, there's different doctrines, there's different denominations, there's different understandings, different traditions, and I listen to the different ones. And, you know, it takes a while to kind of filter through all that and get down that straight and narrow road. But, man, I thank God that we are in a new day, in a new time, in a new year, in a new working of God's Spirit. Last night at 12 o'clock, the wind started to blow so strong, I was still awake at 12. <laughs> and it was blowing so strong and 
Springfield, and I thought, praise God, the Spirit of God is blowing this year, and I just want to be part of it. The, the, the wind blows wherever it wants to, and we don't know where it comes from. We don't know where it's going. Yeah, Charlotte's proclaimed it time and time again, time for revival. Spirit of God is blowing. But we can see the results of the wind. We can see the flags move or the trees bend and stuff. And the wind is blowing here. <laughs> it's time to jump on board. This is daylight time. This is a new day. This is a new beginning. This is a time to rejoice for what God's doing. But wait a minute, God. I got some problems here. It's okay. He'll take you through it. He'll transform you. But you got to be set free first. And so we look at the Romans chapter 3, verse 19, and look at, look at what the, the problem is. Look at what the situation is. Look at where we are and, and understand this. And if we can get this into our hearts and our minds and our spirits and walk in it, we can have such victory. In verse 19 it says, Now we know, and I read from the NIV version, that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be silenced and the whole world held accountable to God. Therefore, no one will be declared righteous in his sight by observing the law. Rather, through the law, we became conscious of sin. And here, and, and in Romans, it's such a powerful book. I would love to just sit down and just go through the whole thing, man. Just spend a whole day going through a book of the Bible. Maybe we should do that sometime. That would be fun. I don't know if anybody else would. I'd enjoy it. But anyway, here you have where he talks about it. He's saying the law is for those that are under the law. Now, are we under the law? No. Not at all. Who was under the law? Jewish people were under the law, weren't they? How did they do with that? How did that work out for them? The Savior came, the fulfillment of the law, and what did they decide? I don't want anything to do with him. Let's kill him. We have no king but Caesar. We don't want, we don't want this. Yeah, it didn't work out too good. And as a matter of fact, it says that the whole world was held accountable to God, even those that had the law, had the promises, had the covenant, had the angels ministering, had the deliverance, had the victories, had all these things, they're held accountable to the law. And if you break one law, you're guilty of the whole law. All the world's accountable. There is none righteous, no, not one. Just a little bit earlier it says that. We all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. If you want to use the law to justify yourself, if you want to use the law as your measuring stick, as your checklist, as your way of salvation, as your way of righteousness, you will fail. It is for freedom that Christ set us free. We don't walk by the law. Christ fulfilled the law. When you try to walk by the law, when you try to hold yourself accountable to a law, you are rejecting Christ. Because salvation comes by faith. Faith in Christ who is the fulfillment of the law. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that he nailed the law to the cross. Leave it there. Now that doesn't mean that we shouldn't be righteous. That doesn't mean that we shouldn't be holy. As a matter of fact, what it means is he makes us righteous through our relationship with Christ so that now that righteousness that's inside of us can start to move out into our lives. One of the ways that I was listening to a preacher this week that, that really had a good illustration, he said, you know, there's so many churches where if a drunk comes in, an alcoholic comes in, he would be welcomed and loved, and they'd say, oh, man, you know, brother, you know, Jesus loves you, and he wants you to give your life to the Lord and just love him. And if he gives his life to the Lord, a few weeks later, if he comes in and he's drunk, they would say, oh, what's the matter with you? Why aren't you walking away from that? Why aren't you leaving that? And they would say, oh, Jesus doesn't love you anymore. And they would take it away and they'd start to hold the law over his head. 
and start to say, well, why aren't you righteous? Why aren't you, why aren't you walking away from that? Why haven't you stopped doing that? Why are you, and hold them to a law now. And it's almost as if in many churches and in many ways and many believers, and I've seen it, I experienced it, I was taught it, that God loves you until you become a Christian, and now, boy, you better watch what you're doing. You better, oh, you made a mistake. Now God doesn't love you anymore. Oh, well, what? You, you did that? Oh, well, God's rejecting you. But you went, oh, look out. Guilt, condemnation, bondage, law. That's why that verse was speaking so strong to you, that, that message you had, Elsie, today, because the, the enemy is trying to put guilt, condemnation, hold you down in bondage and say, it's all about you. You're wrong. You did it wrong. You're not doing it right. You're not, that's why there's problems. And that's not true. It's a lie from the enemy. You are righteous. You are a saint of God. You are a royal priest in the house of God. You are anointed by God to do good works that he prepared in advance for you to do. And you will walk in victory. And we will all walk in victory in health and power and love and a sound mind. Because of that spirit that's inside of us, that life that's inside of us. By one man, death entered into the world. But thank God that by one man, life entered into the world. One transgression, one wrong decision, Adam chose not to believe God. And that's what it really was. It was a rejection of faith. And he said, no, you know what, God? I don't believe if I eat of this tree, I'm going to die. I don't believe that. I believe this other guy here. <laughs> he said, if I eat of it, I won't die. I'll become like you. I believe that. Believe the lie instead of believing the truth. And when he ate, we all died. How did we all die? Because we were all inside of Adam at that time. Every one of our seeds was in him. And death has reigned. But how much more victorious is the glory of Christ and the resurrection of the dead because by one man all this multitude of sin, every single sin we have committed in the past, in the present, and the future are covered by the blood of Jesus. Boy, that was a hard one for me to accept. I couldn't because I was learning, I was being mentored by, I was reading so many that talked about more of a law. They wanted to have this righteousness, this sinless perfection that would come out because of our relationship with God, but they would put rules, regulations. For some of them, you know, it was women better wear a dress, you know, or they better have long hair, you can't have makeup, you know, men better dress in a suit, or, you know, all these different rules, regulations, you know. Well, you know, I don't drink, I don't cuss, and I don't chew, and I don't hang out with those that do, but I will judge them. You know, and they have their own little standards and then judge everybody else, hold the law to everybody else. And the Bible clearly states we can't do that. We can't walk in that. We need to walk in freedom and victory. Jesus clearly states, he said, listen, your righteousness has to supersede, be greater than that of the scribes and Pharisees. Well, listen, if, if we use that as our standard, we ain't going to make it, Okay. Because they were very righteous. Oh, I know, they killed Jesus. Yeah, 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 yeah. They rejected him. But listen, they were very righteous. They followed the law. They had, a gnat was the smallest creature that was unclean. It was this little, little thing. And they would have like a little screen that would, they put over their cup to protect it so that the gnat couldn't get in. You know, they'd strain the gnat. 
Jesus said, but they swallowed the camel. <laughs> they would stay away from unclean. They would whitewash the tombs so that they wouldn't accidentally go where there was unclean body. You know, there was dead because that's unclean. You know, they'd be very careful. But then when someone's beaten on the road, what do they do? They walk on the other side and leave them. This is a Samaritan that came and helped that one. Yeah, and they were righteous, though. Boy, they would give. As a matter of fact, they would give so much they could blow trumpets and say, hey, I'm giving. They would pray. Oh, man, would they pray. All the time they would pray. And they would have beautiful prayers. Oh, to listen to their prayers, you would think, oh, it's the tongue of angels talking. Listen to the way they pray. Oh, they say all the right words. They, they have a rhythm. Oh, it sounds so beautiful to hear them pray. They had long phylacteries. They had these things that they wore, and it looked so nice when they prayed. And Jesus said, you know what? You can blow your trumpet. You can give all this wealth to the, to the temple. But that woman there that gave those two little copper little pennies, she gave more than all of you. Because she gave out of her lack. And you, you give out of your abundance. But they were righteous. They prayed. What did they pray? They pray things like, God, I thank God I'm not like these sinners over here. Oh, God, I fast twice a week. You know, I pray, I give, I help. I'm in the temple. Thank God that Jesus was obedient for us. That Jesus has justified us. Thank God that he is everlasting. Everlasting so that he continues to just... He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he forgave your sins when you confessed him, he's forgiven your sins today. He's forgiven your sins for tomorrow. Don't let that guilt get a hold of you. That condemnation, that's, it's, it's the enemy. Totally the enemy. He wants to bring darkness over us. He wants to cover us. He wants to uh, hinder us. He wants to hold us back. Don't do it. There's sin in your life. There's sin in my life. It's okay. Accept yeah. that righteousness of Christ. And you know what? As you walk in that victory, as you walk in that strength, as you walk in that love of God and know that no matter what, He loves you, you'll be able to walk away from those things. It'll be so much easier. Yeah. That law of the flesh, that, that sin that's alive in your flesh that you're battling with so much, don't focus on that. Focus on the Spirit. See, religion wants you to focus on the law. Religion wants you to focus on your sin. Religion wants you to focus on your flesh. But God wants you to focus on the Spirit, on life, on Him, on Jesus, on victory, on strength, on deliverance, on healing, provision, health. He's our Savior. Saves us from ourselves. Saves us from our sin. Saves us from death. Saves us from the world. Saves us from the enemy. Saves us from darkness. Brings us into His eternal kingdom of light. What doesn't he save us from? <laughs> Praise the Lord. He's our Savior. 